This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Ugly Drinks. Ugly is a company that makes sparkling water with real fruit flavor. No sugar, no sweetener, nothing artificial. And with every purchase, a percentage goes to the Girl Up campaign. Ugly Drinks comes in delicious flavors like peach, lemon lime, cherry, and my personal favorite, watermelon. And guess what, Child Like It Best listeners? You can receive 10% off your first order by using the code UGLYMIKE at checkout. It's true. Usually calling me ugly would be offensive in real life, but at UglyDrinks.com, it'll save you money. Visit UglyDrinks.com and use the code UGLYMIKE to get 10% off your order. It's time to get real. It's time to get ugly. What's up, besties? I don't know about you, but this is episode 22 of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. And guess what? I am still the second part of that title. If you're listening to this on release day, I will be at the Down Low Comedy Show at the Speakeasy Theater in Miami Beach, Florida. Doors open at 8. The show starts at 8.30. It's going to be such a fun show. So many great comics. Come on out if you're in the area. It's going to be really, really fun. Also, I have a really big announcement. On November 8th through the 10th, I'm going to be at the Gamer Comic Expo. I'm going to be moderating a few panels. I'm not really sure which ones just yet. More details to come. But also, there will be a live Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. The guest is to be determined, but it is going to be awesome. So get your tickets at GamerComicExpo.com and come watch a live podcast. It's going to be super fun. Hopefully it'll be really funny as well. It would be great to have a bunch of besties out in the audience supporting and wearing merch. Also, another thing, we have merch. It's on TeePublic.com. It's on TeePublic slash storefront slash child like it best. We have t-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, anything you could possibly drape over your body to not feel naked. We've got it. I will also be sure to put a link for all of the show tickets as well as the merch in the show notes as well. This episode is Richie and Ben Lease. They're the founders of a nonprofit organization called Comic Cure, which is a nonprofit organization that helps people in need using comedy. This is actually their four-year anniversary, which is amazing, and we actually recorded this in the midst of the Flamingo Comedy Festival, which is a two-week-long comedy festival that they created, and it was an absolute blast. I will say there is a little bit of a sound issue. There was a lot of construction happening, and I tried taking a lot of that out, but again, if you're anything like me, you're skipping through this intro, and you're going to complain to me afterwards, so see you in the comments! However, these guys and Comic Cure are very important to me. In fact, Richie was one of the first people I met when I moved out to Los Angeles. They're just doing great things, and I'm so happy to call them friends. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Richie and Ben Lease. Hey everybody, this is Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. Hey guys, guess what? I'm Mike Valdez, and that's construction happening. (laughs) So today I have two very special guests with me. I have Richie Lease and Ben Lease. Hey there. How you guys doing? Good morning. Do you ever have not special guests? Just Sometimes. Just <laughs> yeah, whenever it's just me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some, yeah, that is that is very true. Every guest is special in their own way, at least to me. So before I get started, before I ask both of you your first question, the first thing I want to do 
is I want to take a Flintstones vitamin with you guys because it usually harkens back to childhood, and that's what we like to do here at Childlike at Best. Nice. So those are the Flintstones Complete Gummy Bears right there. They're not the tablets, so you're welcome. Is it, and <laughs> has it been opened before? It has. I actually just bought that, so it's brand new. Do you do this with all the cats? I do, yeah. Oh, they're gummies. Yeah, they're gummy bears. This is not a vitamin. I got uh, pebbles. <laughs> there you go. Tastes like pebbles. pebbles. Does it? <laughs> pebbles is the little girl. Yeah. Yes. I got pebbles as well. There you go. Seems to be. You, my, not, you didn't take one. I didn't. You're right. That's because they're poison. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I will take one, but I'll ask you your first question while I do that. Can you please tell the audience where both of you grew up? West <laughs> Philadelphia. West of Philadelphia. Yeah, west of Philadelphia. Low Marion. Yeah. Known for Kobe Bryant and Hope's Cookies. And the beginning of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Yes. That's yeah, great. He grew up pretty, actually, he grew up near where we were from. Really? You guys were the ones playing basketball in the theme song, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> two, that's crazy. Two, uh, white Jewish kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's who we played with. What kind of kids would you say that you were growing up at least at, at least at home like did you guys get along did you guys yeah we shared a room for 17 years basically. holy cow we that's ate, yeah crazy i don't think we got along once adolescence hit that was pretty <laughs> uh, that was a very ugly time really yeah. I, I don't remember it really oh I that's sure funny <laughs> what can you can you tell some stories yeah, I don't think anything bad ever happened. What? Really? We used to fight literally every day. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's pushed it out. Was there or, something that's, that shows you how insignificant it was to him, but how significant it was, it was for, for you? Absolutely. Yeah, we spent way too much time together. There's we a story. To do this podcast from different rooms. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> There's a story that I feel. Which, you know, it could be embellished, who knows, but that you tell on stage about something about putting pee in the super soaker. Yeah, that's my older brother. That's your older brother. Yeah, and that was, gun. and for the both of you? The, no, did he they sp- left him alone. Oh, they left, <laughs> yeah, they left Ben was, alone? He was the baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so what kind of kids would you say that you were at school? Like, who did you hang out with at the lunch table? You're waking up your Siri, by the way. Oh, am I? <laughs> I, I, honestly, Siri, I don't understand either. Uh, what? So, what kind of kids would you say that you were in school? I, I mean, what are we talking about? High school? Yeah, like around. Uh, yeah, I would say when. Wh- like, who did you hang out with at the lunch table? High school. I hung out with a bunch of theater kids. Yeah, uh, orchestra, theater, the uh, ravers, almost mm-hmm. uh, like premature hippies. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. And what about you, Ben? I had uh, like a tight group of friends in high school. I played a lot of golf. I worked in golf. That was like my passion. Yeah. I was like super into golf. Um, I played competitively. Uh, I was captain of the golf team. I And like every day after school, I was either working at the country club or and caddying. Yeah, or, it's interesting when you're a kid how much extra time you have to devote to something. Yeah, that's right? very to true. Dedicate. Yeah. You actually like you if hobbies. you play basketball every day, you get good at basketball. If you yeah. have your instrument every day, you get it's good at your instrument. Yeah. And now I think as an adult, you're just always trying to catch up with what you meant to do that day. Yeah, that that we, is actually very true. We both grew up playing basketball. Yeah. Um, and then started getting like asthma. Mm-hmm. And then that just wasn't fun for me. Of course not. And then yeah. a strange turn of events happened. My grandfather passed away. And 
had a, he, he had played golf his, his entire life. And now there was a set of golf clubs. And I said, I've never hit a golf ball before, really. I'll try it. And I became extremely passionate about it. That's awesome. And um, to my grandmother's bittersweet enjoyment that I never got to play with my grandfather, but that I did have a love for the game like he did. Yeah, yeah that's awesome, man. And so... Richie, were you when you're saying that you you hung out with like a lot of the theater kids and stuff? Would you say that you did a lot of the plays and the musicals in school? And oh yeah, like that? I was director of high school for senior year. Okay, and uh, you know we did yeah every play, every musical. But I also was the mascot, so I also were you okay? was with the sports teams every day. As what well. was the mascot? The Harrington Ram. The Ram. Yeah. Okay, that's I had a, cool. A big helmet. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, it was Big interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So he was the break dancing ram. Yeah. <laughs> Did he break dance? Really? No, not really. You, I, I <laughs> would dance. dance. Yeah, I would dance. Sure. You I weren't just like a cheer mascot. Yeah, no. You were a dancing. I was. Uh, I was always doing something as the mascot. Right. And I got in trouble for it a lot too. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah that seems like it would be something that I would get in trouble for as well. Yeah. There was always someone. Uh, uh, I remember. I was a friend. Uh, the principal mm-hmm. was it was guess who is the mascot for homecoming uh and my friend pat who isn't he's totally clean he's a sober dude he was an athlete jokingly went up to the mascot thinking it was me to make a joke was like hey man can i buy some drugs oh no and uh, it was the principal so we both got suspended <laughs> even though he was just joking that, i didn't yeah. even bring drugs to school that day <laughs> yeah. It was all sold out. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So when you guys went home, what would you say your first like fandom was? Like what was your first like TV show, book, movie, that kind of thing where you just became obsessed Muppet with it? Muppet Show. I yeah. love the Muppet Show, even though it wasn't on regularly. It sure. was on for a little bit when we were kids and then it dissipated into Fraggle that disappeared into, you know, Sesame Street. Pretty much was it. For me, the Muppets had the Muppets have had a few comebacks uh, as I've been oh, alive. Yeah. But when I was a kid, they had a comeback on the Disney Channel called Muppets Tonight, okay. and it was kind of like a Tonight Show ripoff with oh. just the Muppets. That's cool. And every now and again, they'd interview like celebrities and things like that. That's how I fell in love with the Muppets and like Swedish Chef and like oh, yeah. you know all these different uh, kinds. I loved it because like Steve Martin was on it and um, yes, well yeah, Burnett, yeah, yeah. So it's just classic comedians. Absolutely. I mean, founders. Yeah, and what about you, Ben? Um, so something that I like overindulged in uh, growing up. So we grew up with like the basic four uh, big networks. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't have cable television growing up. Yeah, neither did I. But so we I had I'm familiar. I'm yeah, familiar. Thursday yeah. night television. Um, yes. The Cosby Show. Yeah, yeah. So there was the Cosby Show that we were glued glued to yeah. every Thursday. Um, but also we had a shore house. And in order oh, to yeah, have television in a shore house, you have to have cable. Otherwise, you don't have TV at all. Right. So the summers were like binge watching Nickelodeon and MTV. Yeah. Sure. And just being Pete like, and Pete. yes, yeah, I love Pete exactly. and Pete. Exactly. Pete and Pete. Way ahead of Joe's its time. Joe's apartment. Yes. All the um, all those like uh, those VJ uh, summer specials yeah. and stuff. Holly Shore, yeah. Kennedy, and yeah, Bill Bellamy. Man, it's funny because you can't do this on television. Yeah, I, kn- I know that show, and I know I, it's funny that you're you're listing off all these VJs for me. Like, I know the names because how old you know, are you? I'm 31. Okay, so for me, I pretty much know Carson Daly. Sure, yeah, and then. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then you know Polly Shore, but mostly because Polly Shore had a movie career as well. So right. then I'm like, oh, he's been the weasel this whole time. Yeah, and, yeah. What was that one? The weasel is. Um... Well, the weasel was uh, was from uh, Encino Man. Encino Man. Right, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, he he did that, and he then still does that on stage. I'm sure he That's does. That's pretty much how he comes out. He yeah. comes out and goes, hey, everybody, I'm the weasel. Yeah. But it's more of like an old man doing it. Yeah. I, I'm the weasel. Yeah. For my money, I, I just want him to do a couple lines from a Goofy movie. So, yeah. So, you guys were, when you guys went to the, the Shore House, you said? Yeah. That's when you guys would watch like Nickelodeon, MTV, all that kind of stuff. Here's another question, because I grew up in kind of like a conservative Christian home, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even allowed to like even eat certain snacks until I went to like Bobby's house, and then I could have fruit gushers or whatever. We didn't ever have soda or Doritos I never had any of that either. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, we would have soda on pizza nights, like only only when we ordered pizza out, Yeah, like Domino's or Romy's, that's when you could get a two liter of Coke. Yeah, the the thing that I definitely... I didn't, I didn't have mac and cheese until I was, like, in fifth grade. Really? Yeah, at my friend Peter's house, and his mom <laughs> put ham in it, or sausage. Yeah. And they had cats, which I'm allergic to, but was denying it because I never really spent time with cats, and I puked my face off all night long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sausage mac and cheese. That's I, crazy. I always remember food tasting better other people's homes. Sure. And <laughs> of then, course. And then bringing it back, and, like, even just box things, like cereal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would I would be like, we got to go get this mom. Yeah. And we'd have it in the house. And I'd be like, this isn't what I had. Yeah. It's, what I, I remember when my older brother brought Fruit Loops home from a trip, a school trip. And I never had Fruit Loops before. Uh, and he chose that as his bus snack was a box of Fruit Loops. Wow. And that's a good idea for a bus snack. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that's I'm so glad that you guys said that because for one, a big thing I wasn't allowed to have uh, was was Lunchables. And in the 90s, mm. the commercials were basically like, your mom doesn't love you unless you have yeah. l- Lunchables. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so I remember only having Lunchables in my friend uh, Moses' house. And exactly like what you're saying, Ben, it tasted 20 <laughs> times better. Like, I'll have them now. And I'm like, this is the worst yeah. thing have I've ever had. Have you ever had the pizza Lunchable? It's, it's just so, like, it's so tomato. Bad. It's like just tomato sauce. Yeah. Yeah. There's like ketchup. Some, something like ketchup. so incredible to a little kid yeah. about being able to make your own little sandwiches yeah. in, in, in a prepackaged uh, product. Um, uh, so a funny story about that. I w- we were, ba- I think we were both at the time babysitting our nephews. And one was like, he wasn't allowed to have stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm babysitting. I don't know better. We're shopping in the supermarket and he beelines it for the Lunchables. Right. And he's like, please, 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 please. And I'm like, are you sure you're allowed to have this? He's like, yes, of course. And of course I get it for him. Regrettably so. He <laughs> just inhales the whole thing like it's crack. Right. Chugs down the Kool-Aid or high C, whatever it came with it, or the, the Capri Sun. Yeah. Goes t- up to the up his stairs up to his room, and turns around and cascade vomits down <laughs> oh the staircase. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that's why we're not supposed to get lunchables. <laughs> They're pretty gross. They're pretty disgusting. I mean, yes, that uh, is very true. The lunch meat is pretty slimy. Yeah, it's it's all pretty bad for sure. Now I want a lunchable. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you guys were talking about cereals and things. Yeah. Were there certain cereals you weren't allowed to have either? Any sugar cereal. Yeah, same yeah. here. I mean, honey nut Cheerios, Cheerios and it, shredded it wheat. It wasn't even like honey nut Cheerios most of the time. It was just Cheerios. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? I, I think the sweetest that we could get was Kix. Have you ever had yeah, Kix? Oh, yeah, delicious. Kix. Yeah. yeah. So another. <laughs> kids. Um, kids. What is the tagline? Kids love it. Mothers approve. Something. Something, something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. The Donald Glover line is is it's a, the hand job of cereals because it's a it's like it's kind of sweet, but you know what I actually yeah. want. Yeah. Kid, you know? tested, <laughs> kid tested. Kid tested. Kid tested. Mother approved. Yeah. Um. So that is another thing with down the shore, was we weren't allowed to have the sugar cereals yeah. at home. But down the shore, we could have kicks, Fruit Loops. Man. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was glorious. It really was yeah. vacation. And that, that's why I looked so fondly upon <laughs> the summer days and not so much. Because we were bribed the rest Man. of the school year. That's so funny. I They call it bribeities now. Bribeities, yeah. I was bribed as well. Like, it felt the same way whenever I would go to my grandparents' house. Uh, like, for example, my parents bought me a Super Nintendo, but it was only at my grandparents' house. Right. So it's like, oh, so now you want to go to grandma's house, you know, and yeah. like give her the weird kisses and like, oh, it's too close. You know, like the gatekeeper, yes. the gatekeeper. I got to get past the, the, the gatekeeper. Yeah, to play with Super Mario 3. Yeah, it was pretty awful. And did you have but, to uh, like spend, t- did you, were you not allowed to spend much time playing the Nintendo while you were at your grandma's? I was only allowed maybe maybe like an hour a day something okay. like that now that i really think about it and back back in the day that was like a grind because there were no such things as like memory cards right so you had to beat mm. the game or yeah. else that's <laughs> it you left it on you turned the television yeah, on but the system left. stayed on yeah yeah and the system was like bolting in lava by the time you came back home and you're yeah. like well overheating I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, at least i'm still in the eighth stage you know or whatever yeah so i want to move on to the next bit every episode i like to uh i like to review a box of cereal with Speaking my guests cereal wow exactly right it's such a good transition <laughs> my gosh i should host yeah. a podcast so <laughs> i um so I like to review a cereal that has something to do with my guest in some way, shape, or form. So what I did was I spoke to my sponsors over at Funco. And now by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all their products. And by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they didn't get back to me. So the cereal that I got for you guys specifically is Super Conan O'Brien cereal. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Now, the reason why I got that for you is because... Richie, well, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but Richie, you're an amazing host for like comedy shows and things like that. And now together doing Comic Cure together, you guys are like the best hosts, in my opinion, you know, like that I that I know of. And who's the best of the Tonight Show, it's Conan O'Brien, at least arguably. Out of you the know? Tonight Shows, you think yeah. Conan O'Brien's best? Yeah, absolutely. It's either him or one of the Jimmies, you know. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna go ahead and open this cereal. I didn't bring a cereal bowl, so we're gonna have to just <laughs> hand, hand it. it. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna have to hand it. Isn't that what um, was the hand job of? Uh... Yeah, this is the actual hand job of cereals, right? You right mean, there. We'll have uh... another episode where we have it with milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also a fun thing about Funko cereals at the very bottom oh that's that's great uh at the very bottom not of the actual cereal itself but underneath the underneath 
Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening here? There is a cereal prize. Oh, wow. Okay. Talk about fun. I, yeah. That's great that they keep it separate. I remember yeah, you have to dig through the bottom. Yeah. My mom actually remembers when they would put 45s inside of cereals. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? What do you and mean, she's 40 like, vinyls? Yeah, they would put 45, like, like seven inches in there. And she's like, that's how we got that song. Um, Sugar, oh, honey, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how they got that song was through a box of uh, Cheerios or something. Uh, it was a it's uh, kind of jingle. insane. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Anyway. I didn't so, know Funko existed. Really? Yeah, that's never, that's kind of crazy to me because they're such a huge company. They're very uh, popular in the in the nerd realm as well as like the I put stuff on my desk uh, at the office yeah, realm. They're toys, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're toys. It's a toys, and then and then the cereal came yeah. about as just a way of as just another as, as a way of getting Finko. me. Yeah, yeah. Finko is something. What do people love? Toys and cereal. Well, honestly, even though they're not a sponsor, I do have to thank them because they gave me an idea for my podcast. So So it always is really great whenever I find all these different ones and I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this person. Yeah, they got Flintstone stuff. They got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Team Coco presents Super Conan and it's got TBS trademark. Just so you know, not not to like not to gloat or anything. This is actually a limited edition Comic Con version, and what? I had to and I had to do something. I had to like buy it off of eBay just to do this. Wow. So wow. it's not like something you can just grab at the store. <laughs> the sell date um, is yeah. January 06. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That's literally impossible. <laughs> it says not actual size, but that is pretty close. Yeah, to that is pretty size. close. Yeah. So uh, it, I think it would be fun to review this serial, but what would be more fun is to review this serial as Conan O'Brien. So mm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to play some Tonight Show music or at least something similar, and we can all take a turn reviewing this as a Tonight Show host or as Conan or, or as your own Tonight Show host, whatever you'd like to do. It smells like cardboard because I'm sniffing the box. I'm okay, whenever you're ready. Hey everybody, this is Rich Lee, and I am super into Super Conan. This multi-grain cereal, it packs a delif- uh, um, unmistakable orangey taste <laughs> with a texture that can only be uh, compared to uh, hard gefilte fish. Gefilte <laughs> fish? <laughs> Something you probably don't want to eat too often or more than once. Very sticky. This is something your dentist would love. <laughs> I can feel the corn syrup going through my veins right now. <laughs> um, I'm more interested in the packaging of the cereal. <laughs> the there's a, there's awesome. a really cool maze. Fair enough, yeah. There's a maze that um, in the Conan's has face. Conan's hair. And it's I a know. young Conan. It's not like it is, Conan. Yeah. It's like Muppet Baby's Conan. Muppet Baby's Conan. Yeah, that has an interesting aftertaste. Yeah. Too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Super Conan cereal. The cereal you don't really want to eat. Yeah, it's actually kind of true. I've done. Have you had, have it? You had it? Yes. Yeah, you're. You guys, you're, you're. You guys are probably. <laughs> you guys are probably going to be episode twenty four, twenty five by That's the time. Had- by the time this comes out, no, the, oh. not, but different Funko cereals, they all taste exactly the same. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> different colors. Yeah, they're yeah. all just different colors. Mm-hmm. And like 
And there's some where it like it kind of makes me upset that they didn't do a couple of things that were different. Like for example, we reviewed the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man for our Halloween episode. Nice. They should have put marshmallows in it, dude. Yeah. Like yeah, what the they, heck? What? It should have just been all marshmallows. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like what the heck, man? You could because you can buy that. You can buy just the Lucky Charms. Yeah, you can buy right? them on Amazon, right? Yeah. So I want to go into kind the of box? what. No, no. I want to I go into what you guys are doing now. Tell me about Comic Cure. Comic Cure is a company where we produce events, we uh, book comedians, and uh, we educate. We have uh, we educate comics. Uh, we assist them in uh, growing the their writing and their stage presence, and uh, that allows them to work. Yeah. And in fact, something that the listeners may not know is that when I moved out to L.A., you were one of the first people that ever taught me at least how to write a joke. Oh, nice. You know, and so uh, it was I did a comedy intensive at Flappers. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Ken Pringle taught me uh, you and you were there. That was also when you were just all over that place. You were you were doing all the auditions. You were hosting all the shows you were just like overworked <laughs> flappers from yeah. what I can, from what yeah. I can remember. I, I produced 50 shows a week with them. I'm sure. 10,000 spots. I booked 10,000 spots a year. Holy cow. No, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I got three or four of those. That's pretty so good. That's pretty good actually. <laughs> yes. Right. There's people who don't get any. <laughs> I know. That's actually a pretty good thing. Comic Cure. I can give the background. Yeah, on that. please do. Comic Cure started like four years ago where we just celebrated a four year anniversary. We're actually currently doing that right now. I left a promising career at one of the biggest nonprofits here in South Florida. And I didn't know what I do want to do next, but I knew I wanted to help more nonprofits yeah. just to know how. Um, so I took some vacation time. Well, I took just, I just left my job. So I had plenty of time <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, went to visit Richie in LA. So the first night I was out there, he hosted the pilot taping for Dana Carvey's television show. Nice. The next night, he hosted the cast from Jackass. The next night, it was Elaine Boozler. And I was just like, what is going on here? This is this is crazy. And I never really paid attention to what he was doing with comedy, even while we were still here in South Florida. And he was really uh, developing his knack at it. And what I found interesting was that someone could get on stage and tell jokes to a room full of strangers and transform how they feel about themselves and uh, completely just turn crowd into an audience that's laughing for an hour to 90 minutes, two hours straight. Yeah. And I thought that's pretty powerful that something can do, someone can do something like that. But the more inspiring thing to me was that the, what the messages the the comedians were the jokes that they were telling yeah. and how they were using comedy as a form of therapy to talk about the issues and challenges going on in their life. And I said, now that is special. If you can get the right comedian with the right message in front of the right audience, you can transcend comedy to provide hope and healing for people. Absolutely. And that was kind of the founding premise for Comic Cure. It came back and we, we did the first show with – 
Drew Lynch, who had just come off his runner-up finish on America's Got Talent, right down the street at what was then the Funky Buddha mm-hmm. Brewery and Lounge. A couple sold-out shows there. And for those of you who don't know Drew's story, he suffered a concussion, didn't know he had it, went to sleep, and woke up with a severe stutter, which completely transformed his yeah, life. It paralyzes his vocal cords. Yeah. So, um, you know, he provided, being on that show, he provided hope and healing for like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of viewers. And we we were lucky enough to be one of his first live performances after the show ended. And then the next month, we did the Brickle Comedy Festival. Were you a part of that? I was. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and I, I, I ask you that question because we had 35 comedians perform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we had two shows on a Wednesday night in Miami. Yeah. One of the most difficult markets in the country. And we had... 400 people come out on a Wednesday night to, yeah. to watch live local comedy. and But more so, the Met, we partnered with Habitat for, for Humanity on that mm-hmm. because at the time, all the low-income, affordable housing, workforce housing in the Brickell area was getting torn down to build luxury condos and apartment buildings. And I want people to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And what's going on here? We're pushing out the people who work in our city right. to further lengths and making it more difficult for them to work here. Um, so everything that we di- have done since in the in the past four years has partnered nonprofit work with with the comedy to uplift and engage people around important causes. Yeah. And didn't you guys do the the same in, in L.A. as well, right? You guys had a show in L.A. for Habit- Habitat for Humanity? Um, I don't think we've done Habitat for Humanity uh, in Los Angeles, but we worked with uh, Homeless Healthcare L.A. Okay. I mean, we're working now with about 250 nonprofits altogether. Yeah. You know, they kind of overlap. We just did one in Silver Lake that was Lyme disease, mental illness, homeless health care, and span neuter right and they actually all overlap so we connected five nonprofits that actually can help each other and they've since helped each other get grants to support different programs there's one uh bark avenue foundation which is span neuter yeah. and they are helping skid rover which is homeless healthcare la it's homeless pets so they're help- helping homeless pets to get spayed or neutered and then the wildwoods foundation which is education for children about uh you know the um no outside uh, like uh, the planet and nature, um, and they uh, are also teaming up with homeless healthcare so that uh, homeless children can have an education about uh, outdoors as well. Yeah, and these shows, I, at least from what I what I can remember from the flyer that was posted on Instagram, however long it was, we've had Marilyn Ricegub, we've had Jeff Garland. Yeah. Uh, who are some of the big names, the other big names that we've had? Kev Adams, who is like the... Preacher Lawson. Preacher Lawson, yeah. Drew, uh, Jackie Cation. Yeah, my, um, Andy Dick. Andy the, Dick. The point of it being that these shows are always with huge name comedians. It's never... I mean, yes, you guys always do great things for locals, and I, and I personally thank you for that yeah. as well. But just for the audience member, like it's always going to be somebody that they know of you know what i mean like that kind of thing we did an awesome event in glendale which was we broke the wreck world record for most comedians on a show we had 106 comedians i think it was much more than that i think after the tally after we actually watched the video it was a lot more than that i think i think the i think the The clicker clicker we did 106 but when we look back it was yeah it was crazy it was a it was that many comedians telling 
and we had three comedians on stage at a time. We had three mics set up next so to each other rotation. like an opera. Whoa. Yeah, and each telling a single joke. And what we thought was with over a hundred something comedians, we're gonna it'll be a ninety minute show. Sure. Turned out to be forty five minutes. minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it took about forty five minutes just to get everything set up. Yeah. As far as we had to have, you know, fifty comics on one side of the stage, fifty comics on the other, all in alphabetical order, so that they could just go one after another and we could keep track of it. It was very intense. And uh we had a Big Mamas and Papas pizzas donated. <laughs> They're massive pizza. Yeah, they had brought this pizza that was, you know, I don't know just like eight feet by eight feet. Size Holy of a cow. kitchen table. Yeah. Um, this was in Glendale? Yeah. That was at the, wow. Alex, the Alex Theater, the historic yeah, the Alex house Theater, theater yeah. where they uh, uh, film a yeah, lot of eight shows. Episodes, eight seasons of Last Comic Standing there. Uh, oh they gosh. just did, the, they did HBO, the finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. They had the HBO comedy specials. Uh, Brad Williams filmed a special there. Kevin Smith was filming yeah. his special there when he okay. had his heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah the silent yeah. but deadly one. Yeah, absolutely. That was That's uh, crazy. Yeah, so it's a, it's a vast difference between South Florida and Los Angeles. We're able to pull off really cool stuff like that yeah. in LA. <laughs> we can't really do here as much. But one thing that you know we're really striving to do is provide platforms for the local comedians. So we try and bring in LA, New York talent so that they can be on the same stage as people like that and network yeah. with people like that and learn from them as well as we've had students from here because you know our education is part of our uh part of comic care we teach on both coasts so we have had students from this coast go out and perform at the ice house which is you know the oldest comedy club in the country yeah um so that is that opportunity alone is you know is so unique that's crazy um Richie, I wanted I wanted to ask you, when did you start stand up? I was like 22, 23 years old and I did it for about 3 or 4 years in Philly it was awful. Why uh, why is that? It wasn't much there was so before the Laugh House which was a South Street in Philly comedy club that was urban. Yeah. Um there was one other comedy club but I don't even remember the name of it. And then there was a bunch of comedy cabarets that were smaller clubs all over Jersey and like uh, Irish pubs and like spare rooms and stuff. And those were great, but you couldn't just get up at them. So we're getting up at like maybe once a month. Then I started producing my own show once a month. And that was the stage time that I was allotted until I moved to Florida. And then I started getting up every single night. Yeah, absolutely. And you were here for nine years before you moved eight out? Or, eight or nine years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you moved out to L.A. and then started working with Flappers. I, yeah, almost immediately. It's okay. like the first three months I was in L.A. I got that Holy job cow, that's really that's really quick. You almost, yeah. you almost don't get to be a part of the community a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I missed out. I'm just now getting to be a part of the community sure. you know, in the last four years. But uh, And now I'm traveling all the time. So yeah, absolutely. I'm really only in L.A. a couple days every couple months. That's great. Well, I, I had a question for you. What can you remember over your many years being on stage? What's a, a funny or embarrassing stage moment, on stage moment that you, that just sticks in your craw that you'd like to share? Um, there's so many, uh, but there is one time um, I was headlining, I think, in Lakeland, Florida. And my buddy Eric Gill was coming in just to do a guest spot so I could introduce him to the owner. He lived in that area or something. And I went to the restroom right before getting on stage. And he was talking to me over my shoulder about, I don't remember what it was, his spot or something. And I was trying to kind of pay attention, but also like, hey, um, let me just go to the bathroom before I get on stage. And 
they were like basically introducing me and I looked down and there was a piece of lint stuck to my um, my pee. Yeah. And so I peed all down my pants. Oh, no. And I got on stage just covered in urine. <laughs> Uh, and you could see that heart, part of my right leg was just all dark and my left <laughs> leg was all light denim. Uh, and so I just got on stage and I was like, I peed myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize. That was a pretty embarrassing moment. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I had uh, what I was hosting for Jeff Garland not too long ago. And he has a thing where he's very specific about his intro that he likes. Okay. And he just wants you to say, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Garland. Right. No. Give it your next comedian coming to the stage or credits or anything. And I knew this and I was opening for him a couple months ago and I totally didn't even ask. And one of my tips for MCs is always tell like tell the ask the comics what they want as their intro. And I totally didn't. I went on stage and I was like, uh, from Meet the Goldbergs, Jeff Garland. And he, as he's shaking my hand, he's like, this is why I told you not to do an intro because not Meet the Goldbergs. It's just the Goldbergs. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Currently on TGIF on ABC. Like, what? (laughs) From Boy Meets World, Jeff Garland. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I was actually at lunch in LA one time. I was meeting with uh, Venice Pride and. Fred Savage was sitting at the table next to us. I was That's like, oh, awesome. how cool is this? And it was his wife's birthday or something. It's very sweet. Holy cow. Yeah, I would have. So it was weird when I interrupted. Loved that moment. He was giving her a present. I was like, can I get a picture? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Sorry, I, I hate to interrupt this moment. Uh, can you just say Topanga into my phone? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Topanga. Yeah. yeah. I, I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, what was the, like what was the nerdy kid's name? Minkus. Minkus. Yeah, that's oh, right. I didn't Minkus. remember that. Mister. Uh, what was it? Feely. Mister Feely. Mister Feeny. Mister Feely was Mister Rogers. Yes. yes. So Mister McFeely. Mister McFeely. Yeah. Yeah. That's not weird, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's really funny. Oh my gosh. I would say, but I, I one of the most memorable shows we've ever had. Yeah. Was the first Palmetto Bay Comedy Festival. We had Kira Kira Saltanovich headline. And the venue was an amphitheater. And 600 person amphitheater. Yeah. No, bigger than that. A thousand. Easy. Um, And we had sold 200 tickets. And which with with the precedence that it was hurricane season. Yeah, it was like May. It was April. It was, it was, yeah. The, it's always the season was changing. (laughs) The season was changing. The season was changing and the forecast was not good. Sure. And, um, we had sold 200 tickets for a thousand seat venue. Yeah, of course. It's going to look empty. Yeah. It's going to look terrible. Yeah. (laughs) So last minute, we're looking at the radar. It's not looking good. We take all the chairs and we put them on stage. Because the stage is covered. The stage, the stage is, is covered. like a, con- uh, a, a solid. Yeah, it's an amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. Stage. So we put all this, all the <laughs> the, the chairs on the chairs stage, on stage, and we put the performer out uncovered with a under a tent, under a tailgate tent. And the first forty-five minutes yeah. show, perfect weather, beautiful. The the opening acts, the four of them all had great sets. And then as soon as Kira gets on. It just rolls in and the lightning and the thunder and the downpour. Wow. And so 
the tent that she's underneath starts filling up with water. Yeah, it was brutal. It was crazy. So we had, she's performing, killing it because she's Kira Saltanovich. Yeah. But we also had um, a guy, a good friend of ours, Hal Feldman, who's standing underneath the tent with a chair pushing out the, the water. water. Yeah. So it doesn't burst. And she's she's riffing our on backs the whole were thing. soaking wet after performing like we were just completely wet our backs were totally to the the elements yeah and the audience knew it that's what made it so electric because it's you're literally fighting the elements of course and so were they i mean lit- rain was just coming in on the audience from both sides no 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 the audience was completely protected no i mean there was some mist coming in but everyone was protected and it was the best show ever yeah. because everyone was crammed in there so the laughter was Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and great. I mean, to talk about that kind of backdrop and circumstances yeah. that are going on, it's something that you just never forget. And of course, once she gets done, stops. The, the, the weather com- clears up. Of course. Yeah. So, which was great because then we were able to take photos <laughs> afterwards. But yeah, that was. Um, it was a pretty sweaty night. That oh was gosh. an unbelievable show I will never forget. That's crazy. What is coming up in the future that you can talk about for Comic Here? Well, right alive. now we're finishing <laughs> well, yeah. the Flamingo Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah we're in the Friday. midst of it. You actually are like here right um, in the middle of the festival. Yeah, today's Wednesday. We wanted to go big for our anniversary or four-year anniversary. And we've been in Boca for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think Boca is probably one of the best markets in the state, if not the country. For, I love doing shows here yeah. with you guys. It's always super fun. For live comedy uh, for a number of reasons, but I also think it's uniquely positioned in South Florida. It straddles Broward um, and Palm Beach counties. It's a very affluent area. Um, there are a lot of hotel rooms, so um, creating something big here is um, scalable, mm-hmm. and there are tons of venues all over town. And good parking. So that is true. And, and a lot of free parking, <laughs> something that you're not going to find in, in other Miami. parts of South Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So we this is the inaugural year for the Flamingo Comedy Festival. We currently have eight days with nine events and 10 nonprofit partners. And we're just trying to create an even bigger arts, economic and philanthropic impact production um, than we have before. So uh, we have our our. Th- Three big headliners for the festival have been Danny, Danny Eagle. Eagle headlining Florida's Funniest Female, from which was a sold-out event. We had 260 people on Saturday night. The, the next day, Sunday, we had Dave Barry. We had 180 people sold out at the downtown Boca Library. Um, and this Friday, we are closing out the festival with Phil Hanley mm-hmm. from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, as well as The Late Late Show. And he was on I, he was in I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer. He's an incredible yeah, comedian. He's opening for Nora Jones right now and Aziz Ansari on the road. Yeah. So he's doing like 20,000 people at a time. Yeah. So those are our um, like three big name events. But throughout the festival... Uh, we also had a – we kicked off with a book event with Dana Eagle, her book, How to Be Depressed, A Guide, which is um, a great humor book about dealing with depression. Uh, we did it at the Falk Center for Counseling, um, which provides low and free mental health counseling to area residents. 
Then the next day we did a kid's show in the afternoon with the amazing Mr. A, who's a four-time state magic champion here in Florida. He's incredible. And the kids, we did a costume contest. The kids were so funny. I'm sure they loved it. Uh, Yeah, the the photos are are fantastic. Uh, Baby Clark Kent. One, he was like a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. Kent. He was great. That he had the whole sounds adorable. suspenders <laughs> and the little uh, curl in, in his hair and the, and the glasses. He was fantastic. And then that night we did Florida's Funniest Female. The next day was Dave Barry. Monday we had a stand-up comedy class taught by Richie, and we had a great turnout for that. Tuesday night was last night. We had comedy-themed trivia with Wilma McAwesome That's right awesome. here in Meisner Park at the Dubliner. I've always been awful at trivia. But last night I got, I mean, our team had 58 points. Yeah. And uh, out of, I think, 70. Yeah, very good. And I got every one of our points. What kind of points. what kind of trivia? Just comedy, it was comedy So he yeah. did like Sitcoms. sitcom trivia. He played like music from sitcoms. Dude, I would have annihilated. You would have crushed it. I would have Who's annihilated the boss got by me? myself. <laughs> Who's the boss That was got the me? one I did get. Yeah, I, I didn't really get proud of the boss. That. Yeah. I put, I don't remember. Um, and then uh, I didn't know... The uh, Abbott and Costello's first, first names. names. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that? No. <laughs> uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. I didn't know that. Holy cow. Um, and then they did, oh, comedy albums. You know, yeah. who got, uh, who won awards for, uh, this was, I thought was funny. An Emmy. Um, for uh, three comedy albums. One was Bigger and Blacker. And I made a joke that it was Amy Schumer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I said, Amy Schumer and Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker are two totally different specials. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And so, so you, but you answered Amy Schumer sincerely? No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah, uh, you've no, got to know wanna. that's not. <laughs> well, we did pretty good. And actually, the uh, all of the um, city council members had their own team at the yeah, trivia. And they night. came in second place. Yeah, they, they came in second it. place. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. The Boca Raton City Council came out last night. Um, it's great to have their support. Tonight we'll be at the Robot Brewing Company to support nice. their weekly All Arts Open Mic that takes place every Wednesday. Thursday, tomorrow night, we're doing uh, Elo Elks Bingo at the um, Elks Lodge down the street. And then Friday we Is close. comedy-themed bingo? Yeah, you're hosting it. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm I just going to keep on saying bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Mess with all the old people. Damn it. Um, Keep all the there'll be plenty of characters and, and U.S. John will be there as well. Oh, yeah. So he's a character. And um, and then Friday we close out with Phil Hanley and with headlining our United We Stand Up. So we've we've got uh, a few guys who uh, served in the U.S. military who are also performing stand up. So that is benefiting some disability orgs uh, lo- locally. That's awesome. And where can people find Comic Here online? Com. Com. Yeah. yeah, and com. That's another thing, too, that I wanted to say for our listeners. You guys do a lot of, like, stand-up classes, like free stand-up classes yeah. as well. And that's really amazing because that's not really a thing that happens, right. you know, very often. You know, you have to, you know, at least when you're out in L.A., like, you have to pay to take anything you have, sure. to, you have to pay for stage time sometimes a lot you know? of times there's a club where you pay a hundred dollars a month to get on their open mics. yeah exactly so yeah, i mean that's and actually that's, a great idea and that's common <laughs> yeah. that's and a actually, common people thing. pay it yeah because yeah they they just want the well stage. with the hundred dollars you're guaranteed so their open mic is five dollars if you're just doing it and you're in the lottery yeah if you pay a hundred dollars a month you can guarantee 10 minutes on every open mic and you get there and you can get up so i mean it's a pretty good deal 
Absolutely. So it's definitely something that if you're interested in, you should take advantage of it because it's not something that a lot of people get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as far as our classes, our intro to stand-up comedy class is a five-week class. The first class is always free. So people can come learn you know, we teach everything that in, you would learn need about to it. do yeah. on your own yeah. in yeah. that for in that two hour class. And if you take the notes and you actually apply what we're saying, then you know, I mean, because really, classes only allow you different stories and opinions of the teachers, mm-hmm. um, which most of comedy teachers aren't really doing comedy that much, um, I'd say, but. Um, it allows you to just replicate it. And then what we do in the, the four weeks is just really give you that immediate critique that you would get every night by getting on stage, which there's no substitution for writing and performing every day. Yeah. You know, that a class isn't going to help you if you're not applying, it, if you're not performing as much as you can. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, but some people can't get up on stage every, uh, every night and they can't get on stage once a week. So this is their opportunity to actually spend two hours focusing on comedy that maybe their life wouldn't necessarily uh, allow them to do if and they weren't taking a class. It's kind of like an accelerator. It's like yeah. you're getting professional, immediate professional feedback. You're getting dedicated, you know, two hours of, of group uh, workshopping. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting a dedicated space. And when we're not in class, we're constantly helping on the writing. Yeah, what I, what definitely that's what I got from it. What I got from those classes and even the class that I took at Flappers with you uh, was it was a place for me where I felt I felt safe to not do well. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, true. You I, know? I mean, that's the one of the things about comedy is that bombing is a part of the process. It's not a negative thing. Yeah. That's if you you have to be able to learn uh, somehow. There's someone commenting on on Instagram how people always hate on paying for mics, but they're all about it because it's better than hoping to get up in yeah. some cities. You're actually it's guaranteed true. a spot. Which yeah, yeah. If you can afford it, I mean. Comedy. That's a lot of people just spend all of their money that they work for on yeah. gas and getting to places, which sucks. Yeah, you know, it sucks that there's not a place for people who aren't the top fifty comedians that actually is an affordable living. You have to sell other things. You have to market yourself. You have to do podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have the graduation show after that, and the, we've had a few graduation shows where the the headliner has been Jimmy Schubert, um, a guy who. Opens for Russell Peters right now, who was runner-up on Last Comic Standing, who's yeah, part just, of, this, one of the best squad. in the country, who will just come in and crush it. And it's like for a student to be able to have their first performance with a guy like Jimmy. Yeah, um, or even DJ Demers or yeah. Jody Miller or Kira Sultanovich. They're great comedians from all over the, the world, really. Yeah. I mean, DJ's from Canada. He was one of, those, one of those stars from Canada who came in to L.A. He got on Conan twice and America's Got Talent in five years. Yeah, that's insane. And so one other one other really important piece of this is that on the graduation show, if the student sells a ticket, they get to share in that revenue. Just like the headliner would. So Cuz that's how headliners make money is on door deals. So we're trying to teach the business side of comedy. This is how comedy works. That's definitely a good thing. Yeah. So sure. I mean, from our class, people have made their money back twofold just yeah. from one class. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Man, this has been a podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been a podcast. Yeah. yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This was a blast. Thanks for having um, us. Where can people find 
uh, all of your stuff online. Obviously, ComicCure.com. Is it at yeah, ComicCure on Instagram and all Social that? media is yeah, all the same. absolutely. The best way to find out about our shows, since we have an irregular schedule, is to sign up for our email list where okay. we, we send out all the notifications. And RichieLease.com as well? RichieLease.com and R-I-C-H-Y-L-E-I-S on all social media. Absolutely. And YouTube. I got a YouTube thing. We're doing bathroom beatbox. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's another thing that we didn't get to. Uh, other than doing stand-up, you also beatbox yeah. as well. And you also incorporate it into your act, yeah. which is great. You know, when I was young, uh, comics said, uh, you know, everything from your life that you've learned, you know, that's where you're at right now is how can you can utilize everything you've learned into what your perform- performance is. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should try beatboxing. I can do that. That's great, man. Lastly, for me, you can find me at Instagram at Mike Valdez on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to who is Mike to find out the answer to that question. And that's it, man. This has been an episode. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe. Tell all your friends so we can grow this family. Have a great week. Bye, besties. 